The NBA playoffs are starting to get very fun, and Kevin Durant with an all-timer last night. I put on Twitter arguably the greatest, right, one of the greatest for sure, arguably the greatest performance of all time. Kevin Durant was the first player in the postseason to score 45 or more points, average 70% shooting. I had one guy say it was 69.7. All right, come on, rounding up, let's go now. 70% shooting and a triple-double. First player ever in the NBA postseason history. It was a ton of fun, and now we got two more games today. Two more today, Game 5s. I hope they're as good as yesterday's Game 5. Let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about the game lines. We're going to be talking about player props. We're going to be talking about DFS because you can actually play this and have some fun on a two-game slate more so than a showdown slate. And we can start with that first game, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. Like and subscribe while you're here. I really do appreciate that. We'll be live later today answering your questions right around 5 p.m. So... You can start with the first game, Atlanta and Philly. Let's go to the Philadelphia side on this one, where Joel Embiid in that last game was clearly not himself, and we're not going to know why. Now, if you saw in the first half, he wasn't terrible. The second half, he was 0 for 12, and probably on just all ends of the court, defense and offense, the worst performance I have personally ever watched from him. Statistically, was it his worst performance ever second half-wise? I'm sure it was, since he was a big 0 for, and oh yeah, he wasn't getting back on defense. Not because he was injured, although that could play a factor in some other things, It was because he was annoyed by the refs. And it was, I would say, a very immature third quarter from Joel Embiid, if I will, if that's not too harsh. Joel Embiid was trying to do what he normally does. You know, flop, draw some extra attention. Same thing that Trey Young does on one side of the ball. Harden does in games like last night when he's healthy. It's part of the NBA these days. I completely understand that. But it was a little bit excessive. And the refs were saying, we're not giving you these calls. And they weren't giving them on either side of the court. And Joel Embiid was flopping to the ground and not getting up in transition. And it was 5-on-4 for most of the third quarter. A third quarter in which the Atlanta Hawks dominated Philadelphia and really got back into the game, which led their momentum into winning into the fourth quarter. So when Joel Embiid was awful, uh, was there something going on with the knee? After the game, Joel Embiid said, and I quote, I just didn't have the explosion. So that is a concern if there is something mentally or physically now going on with a knee that they are said to be a limited injury re-risk for what he has based on where this tear is. Seems hard to believe, but true. He was settling for jump shots, and Joel Embiid only got to the rim twice in this game, and one of them was to try and take the lead in the final 10 seconds of the game in which he botched a layup, a layup in which many would call for him an easy layup. So Joel Embiid was absolutely atrocious in the second half, and a big reason why Philadelphia blows a lead and ends up losing this game, and the series is now tied to go into game five. And that lead that they blew was an 18-point lead because of a brutal, brutal third quarter where they were outscored by 11. They only scored 20 total points. Philadelphia, and I tweeted this out, Philadelphia only scored 38 second-half points. Absolutely terrible. Again, not a lot was happening. Not a lot was dropping for them. That third quarter was the reason or the beginning to it. Now, Korkmaz started. He played fine in 25 minutes in this game. Thibault off the bench snagged about 21 and a half minutes. We had it projected for Korkmaz playing 27 and Thibault for 21, so give or take a minute for Korkmaz, and it was right around there. I expect it to continue, although I would not be shocked to see Shake Milton enter the starting rotation. Does a lot of what Korkmaz does, except a little bit more of a ball handler, so you get some more diversity there, right? A spot-up shooting Korkmaz might be slightly better, but you're going to get more ball handling, uh, more uh, off of switches, burst, and agility, so maybe Shake Milton ends up starting. I want to be shocked. We'll see what happens. Right now, I'm projecting Corkmouse to start. We can pull up Philadelphia's minutes. And as we pull up Philadelphia's minutes, we can talk about some of the adjustments that you might see heading into game five. You might see a lot more small ball. You might see less Dwight Howard on the court. You might see more Ben Simmons at the five to try and counteract and just get more shooters on the court, more offense. When you're going small ball at the five with Ben Simmons, you can get another Shake Milton onto the court. You can get 
Korkmaz with Seth Curry and these shooters, George Hill can come back out onto the court, that type of stuff. You can push pace a little bit more, in which they were dominating. In Game 3, Philadelphia dominated this team in transition. In Game 4, they were out and running yet again, just not making anything in transition. The other potential change you can see is what I already talked about, which is potentially seeing Thibel or Shake start over Korkmaz. If there was to be one, I would think it would be Shake to start just more for the offense, more for the quickness. The 76ers looked massively gassed in the fourth quarters. Players were not getting up in transition, and they weren't even getting up on offense. Every th There would be 12 to 15 seconds off the shot clock. They'd be at 10 seconds on the shot clock when they were set in their play. All four guys in the ball handler, all five, would be walking up the court. It's pretty bad. I get it. They're gassed. But it's pretty bad to see. So for me right now, I'm giving them pretty similar run as to what you saw in that last game. I'm giving George Hill 14 minutes, Shake Milton 14 minutes. If a starting lineup change happens, we will update it over on Patreon, which you can check out down below. Projection drinks, a lineup optimizer as well. Uh, top plays, player pools, a bunch of other sports. You can check it all out right now for industry, low price for the bang that you get for your dollar dollar bill. My interest right now in Philadelphia in this order are going to be Ben Simmons won like he was last time out. And oh yeah, low owned Ben Simmons for a two game slate showed out. We got that. So Ben Simmons one, Joel Embiid two, Tobias Harris three. So the big three do stand out a lot on this slate. And then Seth Curry four, Shake Milton five. And if he forced me to pick through the bench, I would go Matisse Thibel, Shake Milton and George Hill, assuming that we get the same starting lineup. Now from a player prop standpoint, I actually do have a, a position in this game right now. And it's Matisse Thibel over 10 and a half fantasy points. I have Matisse Thibel as it stands right now for 14.4 fantasy points. So it's almost a four point difference. Normally when things start to approach two and a half to three points, I start to jump on that. I think this is going to go up to probably 11 and a half to 12 by the time the game locks. So player prop wise, this is a fantasy point line. You can take assists, rebounds, three pointers, the tip of the game, real points on these showdown slates, these one game and two game playoff slates. I would say 90% of my exposure that I get down at night if not more, is going into the player prop streets. You can check it out down below on Price Picks. It's legal in a lot more states than you think. Florida and New York, I'm talking to you. You don't get many new things or things at all if you're in New York. This is now legal there. And if you want free money to bet with, you want to get some free wagers off tonight, if you use the code SAL, any money you put in up to 100 bucks, they'll smack you with a free nice little deposit match. That is Price Picks. Thank you. Thank you for being the sponsor of the program. Again, you get free, F-R-E-E, -E, free money matches to throw on some things. So why not try it out today? Matisse Thibel over 10 and a half real life fantasy points. We like it. We like it a lot. Let's move over to Atlanta now. And it's hard not to say, especially if you watched that last game, this Atlanta team is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. John Collins with these oops right now from Trey Young. Trey Young, 18 dimes, career high. Should have had more if Clint Capella wasn't botching just layups next to Joel Embiid down there in the paint. So this team is a lot of fun to watch. Bogdanovich gets hot and he is just, I mean, Bogdanovich might be the definition of a player that you hate from a team. And then you see that Trey Young's on the team. This is not me specifically. Like if he's, if you're a diehard fan of Philadelphia or an opposing team like the Knicks, right? Trey Young does that thing in Madison Square Garden. Bogdanovich just looks just as cocky and I love it. It's a ton of fun to watch. Now in this game five, you can say a couple of different things. You could say if Joel Embiid was on and playing his normal self in the third and fourth quarter, Philadelphia blows the doors off of Atlanta. And you could also say that if Atlanta shot a little bit better, they would have blown the doors off in the first half of Philadelphia. Trey shot poorly in this game and still ended up being dynamite because of his 18 assists. They only shot 36% from the field. They only shot 30% from three on 40 attempts. But in game one, if you recall, they had 43 attempts. In game two, it went into the 30s. In game three, it was only 23. So they got their three-point attempt number up, which is what, you know, when you're trailing, you're going to do, but it's how they play. They're that type of a team. So if you're 
looking for something that should continue if you're an Atlanta fan, continue to try and shoot 43s a game. In this game, Trey Young was 30.7% and only 3 of 11 from 3, which is 27%, 8 of 26 overall. Now, Kevin Horder got the start, so there's a lineup change in this series that we're looking at. Korkmaz started and Kevin Horder starts over Solomon Hill, and Solomon Hill does not play, as he probably shouldn't have. And Kevin Horder in the game was completely fine. Him starting led to more early threes and spacing, and Trey dishing dives to be a little bit more effective when you have another shooter, not Solomon Hill on the court. Trey had 18 assists, which was that career high. Atlanta was fantastic in the third quarter, and if you watch the third quarter, the pick and roll was absolutely dynamite. Trey Young, the way that he's able to navigate just small areas with guys who are in Philadelphia, a big, pretty big team, especially when they're big three around the court, it's incredible to watch how he can be so precise with somebody picking and rolling. A big man, John Collins, Clint Capella right next to him. John Collins and Trey Young, you had two tip slams. They were absolutely dynamite on the pick and roll in this game. And when somebody didn't bite on the pick and roll, it's a layup for Trey or it's a dish out to the three-point range. You can see Atlanta's minutes on the screen right now, and then we can look at some production. I also have Onika Okungwa, their rookie at eight minutes as well, which is not pictured on the screen. They ran this lineup out there in Gallo at the three, Collins at the four, and Capella at the five. It's not something I think they can run out there all that much, but it's been pretty efficient for them in the last two games that they've used it. It's overall like plus 10 or plus 11, if I believe so. And Gallo's been good for this team. He's been good, at least for a playoffs in this specific series when they need some more size size but also shooters which is him being the upgrade to a solomon hill there john collins being massive in this game he had five big offensive rebounds and a couple of those were those tip slams and momentum changing dunks so where i'm at right now you can see bogdanovich and trey young giving them big minutes 40 plus a piece you saw kevin horder clint capella and john collins all play at least 34 or be on pace to play at least 34 to 35 minutes in that last game we're giving them that again 24 minutes for gallo off the bench and then the rest of it not really interested in 12 minutes of lou will tony snell or Aniqua, and i'm not giving any minutes to Solomon Hill. So right now we're my interest rank from Atlanta. And we can see before we go into that, we can see what we're seeing right here. This is the postseason right now. You're getting massive run from Bogdanovich and Trey Young. Bogdanovich hasn't been that efficient as he gets more run. He's not becoming a point per minute producer for uh, fantasy purposes, as you see right here. He's seeing a 20% usage rate, but only 0.85 fantasy points per minute. He's only shooting 35% from three, but his overall minutes of 40 minutes per game massively keeps him in play. I mean, if you just took his playoff production right now at 0.85 fantasy points per minute, multiply it by the 40 minutes he's going to play, you're getting a 34 point projection. So as long as Bogdanovich is not starting to hit $7,000 in price, he's going to be a value and he's $6,500 today. Trey Young, he's been fantastic. 1.32 fantasy points per minute, his normal self, except now playing bigger minutes. The only other player to point out as a negative would be Clint Capella. During the regular season, he was averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute. Now we mentioned this in the Knicks series, it's a really, really tough team. They play great defense, especially down low and they have depth. Taj Gibson, uh, Nerlens Noel, Julius Randle. So Clint Capella struggled and now he gets Joel Embiid, who was gimpy in the last game, or at least maybe 0.95 fantasy points per minute for a guy averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute. That's why he's not producing. He's having these very difficult matchups. He's shooting fine, 62% still. His rebounding rate at this point is still fine at 30.5% defensive rebounding rate. It's just the fact that everything else, the blocks aren't there as much. The overall production and the overall volume of shot attempts is not 12 or 14. They're just not there as much. But for Atlanta today, from a DFS standpoint, I would rank it as Kevin Horder, Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, and Gallo as my six players in that order that I'm liking today. And they're all very, very close. I mean, none of them really break away from the pack. They're all within like a half a point of being the same type of value play today for me. I don't have any of them in the prop markets right now, but to close this game up and wrap a bow on it, I do have Philadelphia minus five and a half. It's at minus six right now. I took Philadelphia minus five and a half here in game five. And look, it really comes down to Joel Embiid. If he's going to shoot over 12 again, I'm going to lose that bet. And they're probably going to lose the game. If Joel Embiid is his normal self, or at least his normal self for three to three and a half quarters and not just one and a half quarters, then anybody taking that side should be fine. But I should say I am a little bit worried. Game three, Joel Embiid was not himself for two quarters. That last game, he was not himself for two and a half quarters to three quarters. That is your concern. If you're taking Philadelphia minus six, 
but I'm going to take Philadelphia minus six, all the public money coming in on the plus six on the opposite side of that one. No prop bets from that side. Let's go to the opposite side where the Clippers have won back-to-back games and they're going into game five and we can start off on the Clippers side of the ball where they just started hot. This was the best start of the playoffs from any team so far, in my opinion, in terms of how well they played defense and stagmented this team who shot one of seven to start the game off in Utah and how well they got off on offense just shooting threes. And finally, finally, my Marcus Morris, my Marcus Morris starts to pop off. He's $4,300 in DraftKings in the last slate. His player props are down. Marcus Morris finally breaks a one of 16 three-point shooting slump by going five of six from three on the night. 24 total points. They shot as a team 15 of 37, 30.5% from three. A lot of that, though, they were efficient early on, and a lot of it starts to go down as the game went on. And the defense, like I said, looked great, forcing them to shoot one of seven to start in the first quarter. They got out to a big lead in this one, and just every single shot seemed to be contested. Pat Beverly minutes were actually deserved. They should maintain. Pat Beverly gave problems to Donovan Mitchell in this one, who's dealing with a sprained ankle of some sorts. Every star is dealing with some sort of an injury. Just look now to Kawhi Leonard, who tweaked his knee. He said that it's probably nothing, but we'll see what ends up happening. Kawhi Leonard did not close this game out. He checked out earlier than all the other starters with a tweaked knee for a game that, I mean, Utah, it was never really close, but they made it 12 points, got somewhat closer down the stretch. Rajon Rondo was another DNP, did not play. Coach's decision participates, and he's not going to be in my projections for minutes today. We can look at those minutes projections for the Clippers right to now. They outscored Utah 12 to 0 in transition. They led by 29 at one point, and they actually attempted not just 10, 12, 14, 38 free throw attempts. Tells you the aggression that they had getting to the line. Very good performance by the Clippers. The best performance probably from the Clippers this postseason. Definitely the best performance, I would say, to start a game out. So right now I'm giving just the starters big minutes. Pat Beverly, the only guy off the bench that I think sees anything significant. Although, as always, if Luke Kennard is shooting very, very well and they want him out there because he's shooting seven of nine again like he was in the Dallas series well then maybe you see a little bit more run out of Luke Kennard but his defense is really bad same thing for Terrence Mann same thing for Vita Zubak so it's the starters and Pat Beverly from this team my interest right now from the Clippers are going to be in this order Kawhi Paul George Marcus Morris and then a big drop off to Nicholas Batum Reggie Jackson Patrick Beverly so Kawhi Paul George Marcus Morris are who I want a lot of right now Kawhi is going to be a top priority for me on this slate should not surprise anybody but he is looking very damn good now to close up the one bet that I already have in today outside of Matisse Thibel I ended up taking the under on Avicii Zubak 13 and a half fantasy points we gave him 14 minutes of play but he's only averaging like 0.85 fantasy points per minute in my projections right now I have Zubak at 11.9 fantasy points today now that is not close enough for me to normally take that's only like a two point difference not even right so I am taking it out on a risk here but Zubak is basically a go for it all right in 14 minutes he'll score 16 or 18 fantasy points he'll be playing well he'll pick up two or three blocks or Zubak has no other reason to be on the court he's just taking up space he's slowing them down in transition he's not giving them anything with Rudy Gobert guarding him on the offensive end at all and then he just either picks up foul trouble or he sits down after 12 minutes so the Zubak under 13 and a half is not as I would say confident stats based based on my projections but it still looks good and Marcus Morris we're going right back to Marcus Morris over 22 and a half he had the massively hot shooting game last time out the games before that he absolutely stunk I just look for something average here and on average right now Marcus Morris for me projects out today for about 24 and a half fantasy points I'll take that one so those are my three options today the nice thing about price fix is this isn't a parlay so if just two out of three of these hit I profit that's it that's all I need. If you put four or five picks together and just three out of five of them hit, you get like 40% of your money back. Four to five hit, you get your profit. Five to five, obviously, you're, you're getting a lot of a payout there. But it's not a parlay. You can make it a parlay. There's options to do that. Flex player power play. But it's not for me. Because you know what? I actually like to have a better chance of winning. Again, that promo code SAL gets you that free money. Just You can take that one. You can use whatever one you want and have a free prop in there for tonight's games. 
Win some free dollar ruskies with your free dollar ruskies. How about that one? Code Sal to get that deposit match up to $100 ruskies. Let's finish it off now with Utah, who we have a question about Mike Conley, still dealing with this lower body injury. We'll see what happens there out of Mike Conley. I'm projecting him yet again not to play in this game, but if he does play, you know what happens. Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, see less minutes and see less overall production. Donovan Mitchell maybe takes a hit to his assist percentage. Bojan Bogdanovic, a little bit less productive. That's what you're basically seeing. Mione probably out of the rotation. Georges Yang potentially out of the rotation. Now, in this game, Mitchell, who sustained an ankle injury in the previous game, looked to see maybe it somewhat affected him he wasn't as great in this one although he still had 37 points but he was still being doubled and they controlled him so if you're going to give Mitchell 37 points but it allows you to lead by 29 at one point they say go for it we're just not going to let anybody else hurt us now Utah got hot late they ended up shooting 40.5 percent from three 17 for 42 after starting one of seven which is very impressive Ingles is now shooting well as well uh, since the last three games and the beginning of the postseason he's been absolutely terrible but he shot seven of nine and five of seven from three in this game so he looks like somebody I would like to go very much so back to if there's no Mike Conley out there Clarkson went cold after having 16 threes made in the first three games he only shot two of eight from three in this one and three of 12 overall it's pretty evident that Utah is now missing Mike Conley in a major way especially when it comes to just the adjustments that the Clippers have made after game one and game two it was clear that the Clippers made adjustments to how to attack this team especially with no Mike Conley out there Mike Conley is going to be more I would say of a better experienced defender for sure but especially from getting around these switches and especially in transition leading this team it'll be more of a consistent option for you we'll see if he's out there today and if he is we'll see what his full health is i'm projecting him out right now and you can see the minutes that i have on the screen for utah basically the same run that you've been getting without no mike conley massive run for boyan mcdonovich 38 minutes massive run for royce o'neill 38 minutes donovan mitchell big run rudy gobert fine run with the backup run going to favors and then jordan clarkson off the bench for 30 minutes so on and so forth and just barely in the rotation, Mione for two minutes, Georges Niang for 12. I would not be shocked if both of those guys are out of the rotation and they run an eight-man rotation if Mike Conley was to return today. So let's look at something that is very insightful for you today if you're playing on DFS or even in the player prop streets that Royce O'Neal and Bojan are basically playing the same minutes, 38 to 40 a game at this point. And this is if there's no Mike Conley. This is the postseason minutes and production with no Mike Conley on the court. And you're seeing these guys be the same player. 0.75 fantasy points per minute for Bojan and 0.72 for Royce O'Neal. Bojan's been slightly more productive, but not by that much much but when you look at the price points today on DraftKings Bojan Bogdanovic is 5700 Royce O'Neal is 4900 an $800 difference for there being basically no like this is a $100 difference in their production maybe $200 at most so right now Royce O'Neal looks like the better play because he's playing basically the same at this point, if not shooting better, just less productive in other areas, as Bojan Bogdanovic. Other than that, there's not much to point out. Rudy Gobert has been struggling in the postseason, especially with no Mike Conley for pick and rolls on the court. That's basically it at this point. He's just matching up weird against some teams. Jordan Clarkson not as efficient as he was in the regular season, smaller sample. But that Royce O'Neal and Bojan with no Mike Conley, I lean Royce O'Neal there. So my favorite players from this team right now are going to be one Donovan Mitchell, assuming no Mike Conley, one Donovan Mitchell, two Joe Ingles, three Royce O'Neal, 4A, 4B, Rudy Gobert, and Bojan. Then Jordan Clarkson. And if you want to pump with Derek Favors, that is fine. Right now, I have Donovan Mitchell for almost 50 fantasy points. So to look at my overall top five plays on the slate today, these are my overall top five ranked plays. It goes Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi, Ben Simmons, Paul George, and Joel Embiid. They're all studs. There's not much value in there on the bone, right? We talked through some value options. My favorite value options probably right now on the slate are Marcus Morris at 4,500, Nicholas Batum at 46, and Joe Ingles at 5,200. If you want to punt in the 3K range, Forkan Korkmaz is there, and so is Matisse Thibel from Philadelphia. So thank you for tuning in to the video today i appreciate you all two games sleep we'll be live later today so like and subscribe do all those things be sure to check out the sponsor of the show prize picks to get your props action down from the second game from the clippers in utah i do have the clippers minus three so clippers minus three today and philadelphia minus six best of luck in the streets everybody today we'll be live later today more nba video tomorrow but likely no videos from friday saturday sunday just a heads up right there i'll be traveling to denver the rocky mountains and doing some hikes with some buddies some close friends of mine so i'm looking forward to uh relax 
relax a little bit. I know there might be some Game 7s potentially going on that day on Saturday when we're walking in Brooklyn, but you guys will make it through it. There'll be everything up on Patreon for all the Patreon members, the Discord, the optimizers, the projections, the ranks. You'll be ready, as you always are. If you want to join that community, you can check it out down below. Peace out, gang, and I'll see you all later on in the next one.